on today's second episode of Beaver to Broad, Penn State's prospective starting quarterback has transferred. We go over that. Also, Penn State had a spring game, but we're not really going to talk about that, are we, Tommy? Absolutely not. Yeah, spring games aren't important. Um, Penn State also has bagmen. They were dropping bags during the end of the Paterno era. Probably still today do. They're recruiting very well. We'll talk about that. What else? NFL draft. And uh, I'll let you in on uh, a a aha moment that I had in my own life at the end of the podcast. Okay. Um, with that, here is Christian Hackenberg getting sacked. Third down and 10 for Penn State after the video review confirmed the ruling of Once again, we are a we are the internet's only, probably, Penn State and Temple football podcast. We are under the Philly front office umbrella. This is our second episode. Go back and listen to our first episode to get caught up to speed on everything. I don't even think about that. That episode can stand alone forever. Until the next season, yes. Yeah, but like this episode is about the NFL draft. So you can listen to it a little bit after. But if you listen to this in mid-June or July, it's a little bit irrelevant. This will be good to listen to through the draft weekend. Let's, not, the give first away, let's not give away our games here, but uh, I, don't, I don't think we'll be seeing a lot of guys go on day one. Whereas the first podcast, we just recap the season and talk about our pre-existing Penn State and Temple takes. That's right. That's right. I'm excited and- for this one. This is like our first real... And down, down and dirty, Beaver Abroad. You're, you're setting it up perfectly. What also helps is stuff has happened in the past week or so. Starting off with an event that you wanted to do an emergency podcast on. And I said it can wait because nothing will happen in a week. Nothing has happened. So that's not necessarily true. I think one thing did happen over the weekend. Well, Tommy Stevens, the prospective Penn State starting quarterback, the heir to Trace McSorley's starting throne for, what, two, three years now? Yeah, three years. Has entered the transfer portal, and as his father said, he is not coming back. So that was the news over the weekend, that he is not coming back. There's no chance. Which I think makes sense. No, Why absolutely. do we start off with how do we feel about this? So I, I think this makes sense for everyone involved. If you break it down, this is Tommy's last year of eligibility. Yeah, he's a he's a red shirt. He's a fifth year senior. So, and he feels like he's uh, a you know bided his time. Like he could have been the starting quarterback at a multitude of programs across across the country, and it, and he feels like he's earned that opportunity. But and as he should, and as he probably would have, but he has been sidetracked by two different foot injuries over the last what like 12 months he's been banged up for about a full year now and because of that i think and fairly franklin basically cannot hand him the starting job as he would need that affirmation at this point so it looks like they're they're parting ways cordially you know it's like a divorce gone well never thought of it that way but yeah uh tommy or yeah stevens has pretty much been banged up for 12 months, it's allowed it allowed Clifford last year to take a lot of second-team reps, get a lot of blowout work where Stevens would usually be. They're up 40, and Franklin wants to bomb the ball downfield. That was all Clifford. Mm-hmm. And in the spring, Clifford got – or yeah, Clifford got all the first-team reps and justifiably killed it enough where Franklin couldn't hand it over to him. Usually transfer season is right after the season or right after – recruiting ends or assistance leave, that whole thing. After the spring, I think it's almost Clifford has the job. Right. And I don't even think it's 50-50. Initially, last week, I thought it was 50-50, but no one really enters the transfer portal after spring practice. So here's the thing, though, about the transfer portal. Almost all of this is unprecedented territory, right? Yeah, this is the first year of it. Steven said that he basically entered the transfer portal last year before it even existed. Right, right. He entered the uh, the uh, beta program of the transfer portal. 
mm-hmm. you know, only available on Android. It's not on Apple. That rarely happens. Yeah, but sometimes it does. I also think that we're college football fans are have been kind of primed for the transfer portal for about six months now. And I, I feel like I haven't seen any generic college football fan like pissed off at Stevens. Have you? No. I feel like the reaction has been pretty okay. He's a fifth year senior. He wants to give it a chance. It wasn't no, like, I- oh fuck him, that piece of shit. I hope he rots in hell. Like it would have been if he was the first guy to enter the transfer portal. Right. And, and I think it's because he gave, and I believe that he gave Penn State every chance that he had to become the starter here. But he, like, he wanted to be a part of the Penn State program. And then ultimately, the, the dominoes just fell to where that wasn't going to be the case come this fall. Yeah. What do you want to do next? What could Franklin have done anything differently except lie? Or do you think this this resolution was going to happen eventually. Well, no, I, I think he, this frankly, is frankly could have point. absolutely lied to him. <laughs> right. But I think that, I think that's a bad look for recruiting. Yes. Um, I, I think being open and honest with your players like this and allowing someone like Tommy Stevens, who's been in the quarterback room for five years now to, to get his opportunity to be the starter somewhere else. People have to look at that and respect that. I think so. What it does do, it uh, someone mentioned this on Sirius on the Air, kind of just in college football as a whole. There's no depth at the quarterback position at a big-time school anymore. I agree. There's, and It's not just Penn State. I mean, if Clifford goes down, we're probably starting a true freshman who isn't ready. But you can say that just about anywhere. You can say that right. at, at Ohio State. You can say that at Alabama. Just about everywhere. So, And also, if your quarterback goes down, in just about any sport, unless you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you're kind of fucked. Yeah, you're you're never going to get like another. I, I mean, I guess you'll get that that true freshman sophomore thing, like we had with um, Justin Fields and Fromm, and like we had with Hertz and Tua. Yeah, but I'm you saying might... since like starting now with the transfer portal and everything. No, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm, we're losing that that quarterback battle is is gone, right? You have your established guy, and then you have the heir apparent, and that's it. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, I guess it depends on whether they get more stringent, stringent with the hardship waivers or not, or whether it's just true free agency. So, what do we think of? What do you want to do? Why don't we wrap up with Tommy Stevens? Where do we think are some potential destinations for Tommy? So I have three, I guess. Okay. So one is just. Pack bad Pac-12 school. Okay. So I was thinking, like, specifically, like, Arizona State. They had, like, a pretty mobile quarterback. Arizona State, Arizona, they, they both had kind of mobile quarterbacks. Ooh. Well, Arizona still has Khalil has Tate. Has Khalil Tate. But Arizona State, Manny Wilkins graduated. Yeah. Um, they're That's really a good one at, I didn't even think of. They're really young at the position. I feel like Pac-12 is, like, a place where a lot of grad transfers go and succeed. Um, like Gardner Minshew last year. And then, speaking of Gardner Minshew, like another one, maybe Washington State, work with Mike Leach, the uh, the quarterback whisperer. I don't know. Uh, if, I don't know if Mike Leach would even want Stevens, though. Yeah, why's that? I, f- I feel like Mike Leach wants a guy who fits his system. It doesn't matter how highly touted he was before that. Minshew was an unknown from East Carolina, who had run the the air raid his entire life. I see. And. As we said, how accurate is Tommy Stevens actually? Not too accurate. I I, I don't know if Air Raid fits fits the Tommy Stevens mold. Any others, though, Tommy? Because I have a bunch that I can rip off real quick. No, no, I got a couple more. Um, I would say uh, another good one. Just I'm just thinking like good quarterback coaches and like in terms of getting himself like uh, boosted in the draft. Maybe like a Duke with Cutcliffe. Duke, I I have Duke down too. Super intriguing, especially if Daniel Jones goes. First round, which you will, kind of carry that off-season quote-unquote momentum by picking up one of the biggest names on the transfer market. I think that he, could be a match for both of them. He's he's got to be like the like whomever they have on the roster now. He's got to be a much better player and recruit. And he right? fits the mold. Six five, huge, and maybe not that accurate, just like Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, who's apparently a lock to go at six tomorrow to the Giants, according to Twitter. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will get on both knees and 
and praise the the highest holy lord if the Giants take Daniel Jones because he is garbanzo. Quick NFL draft side tangent, but I think it's worth talking about. At least Josh, like Josh Allen and Daniel Jones are very similar prospects, mm-hmm. it seems. Both huge, both athletic, both aren't that good at playing quarterback. But at least Josh Allen can fucking fire the ball 75 yards downfield. And he's way more athletic. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Jones is just a less athletic Josh Allen. No, he's just a noodle arm with a good PR department. Oh, my God. This is like one of the more unbelievable ones I've ever seen. I don't know. Remember, Christian Ponder was bad. Christian Ponder was bad. But Christian Ponder was at least good at Florida State. And you know what was another one? You know what was another one that was really bad? Blaine Gabbert was horrible. Gabbert? And I was thinking Jake Locker. Jake Locker was very, very athletic, though. Like, what what the hell was Daniel Jones? He was coached by the same coach that taught the Mannings. I guess. Okay, here are mine. Back to Tommy Stevens. I got one more, but you might have it, so I'll wait. And then if you don't go hit it, then we'll uh, circle back. Mississippi State. Obviously, Joe Moorhead used to coach Tommy Stevens. That's a good one. And Joe Moorhead all the time from lazy media people will go, isn't Nick Fitzgerald a lot like Trace McSorley? What are their, what, how are they similar? And Moorhead every single time is like, Nick Fitzgerald is nothing like <laughs> Trace McSorley at all. He is exactly like Tommy Stevens. So yeah. year two of that. What would be super intriguing is that Temple runs the perfect offense. For a quarterback like Tommy Stevens now. Yeah, so I had Temple. That was my that was my third big one. But I, I think they got their guy in Russo. Uh, I think Stevens is much better than Russo, though. So Russo's a sophomore. You're just going to have Stevens come in and then go back to Russo next year. That's a little bit awkward. Or do, yeah. you, do you really want your starting quarterback transferring? And especially, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, especially with a program like Temple, you want to bring someone in like as a freshman start them and then by their senior year they're like super seasoned and you can make a yeah. run your, your conference title schools like temple are are cycle where you you want to be stacked for two years and then maybe have two mediocre years then back up so that doesn't really fit the timeline it's just a good offense i had louisville then i went with a bunch of new new coaches where where the slate is clean so louisville they sucked last year i can't imagine they have a good quarterback Duke. And then, how about this one? Kansas State. Oh, that's intriguing. New coach. They kind of run the the QB power because they ran the North Dakota. He was the coach at North Dakota State, Chris Kleiman. Coach Carson Wentz. Oh, I got another one for you. Okay. What about just Kansas? Les Miles? Oh, I like that because Les Miles getting a splashy guy for year one. Yeah. I don't know. Is Tommy going to want to go there? Uh, I mean – like, I, I, yeah, I guess Les Miles isn't a great quarterback, quarterback coach. I honestly yeah. see Duke, K State, or Mississippi State as the leaders in the clubhouse. Do you think? Yeah, I think Duke, like the more I think about it, Duke, it sounds like pretty solid. Yeah, I can I see saw, that for sure. I saw Georgia Tech as well. I don't know if you're Stevens though. You want to play behind year one of an offensive line, like whoever the quarterback for Georgia Tech is this year is going to get fucking demolished. Yeah. That entire offensive line was recruited to, to chop block. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They are they are not ready to pass protect against Clemson. Um, do, do you see any – one more. <laughs> one more. Do you see any Big Ten? It's so intriguing uh, to talk about, isn't it? Yeah, do, but do you see – yeah, I'm really excited to see, like, where he eventually ends up. Yeah, it's great. Do you, and I'll cheer for him for sure. Do you see any Big Ten, a Purdue, a Minnesota, anything like that? Maybe Purdue. I think they lost their starting quarterback. Yeah, he's a he's a draft pick guy. David, David Blau. Blau. Indiana. I can maybe see. He's from, he's from Indianapolis. So that's one. Maybe that was very obvious that we missed. What about a Michigan State? No. I guess too much of a competition. I, he's got to basically be guaranteed a job going in there. I feel like I'm basing this off of, I'm basing this off of. Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields. I feel like these guys never stay in conference. Well, they can get blocked. I think a lot of the conferences have the like a lot of yeah. coaches have the ability to block in conference. I feel like it's almost a, a common courtesy that I'm sure one day will be tested, but for now, it, it just seems like these guys don't stay in the same conference. Yeah, I mean the interesting one with with Hurts 
you're not staying in conference, but you're staying in like one of the 12 teams that can compete for a college football playoff yeah. spot. If you honestly think about it, Hertz would have been perfect at Auburn to run that offense. Oh my God. Yeah. I was barking up that tree all last year. <laughs> anyway, do you want to Clifford. talk about Clifford? What we saw in him? Because now he is the starting quarterback. Well, I actually, I mean, I, I, I was going to transition into this. I, I think there's an interesting angle. And um, I was reading Stuart Mandel's mailbag today, and he actually answered a question about Clifford and Stevens. Okay. So they were asking whether they think Penn State is better off in the the short term or like worse in the short term and better off in the long term because of this. Or like, I would think well, absolutely. So Mandel actually thinks they're better in the short term and the long term. Okay. I think he thinks Clifford's the better quarterback. He's been in the program for three years. He's ready to go. Plus, you have three more years of eligibility for him. Yeah. So, like, as this defense is aging next year and the following year, you're going to have a, a veteran quarterback. Like, that sounds like a team who could potentially make a run. And a lot of these weapons are going to be aging as well. Like, a junior Noah Kane, John Dotson, like, maybe a senior KJ Hamler if he comes back. The only thing, though, is that with Clifford and Stevens – is that both of their sample sizes are so small. Mm. So we don't know if Stevens was very good and Clifford is great or Stevens stunk and Clifford is a bu- – do you know what I'm saying? Right. Their sample sizes are both so small. It's, it, it's, it's not like Jake Fromm at Georgia beats out Jacob Eason, who was also a five-star. And what was mm. – Clifford and Stevens were both, what, three- or four-star guys. Yeah. So it's not like they were super highly touted recruits. Whereas at Georgia, you can get excited for a Jake Fromm because he held off a Justin Fields and he beat out a Jacob Eason after he got hurt. I'm not saying that Clifford won't be amazing and Stevens won't be amazing somewhere else. It's just their sample sizes are so small. I don't know what Clifford is surpassing. Okay. I think that's fair, right? Yeah. I'm glad they have – and it's nice the way the schedule – let me see the way the schedule breaks out here. Hopefully they have some nice – obviously they're going to have some punching punching bag games here early. Um, but we should be able to see, like, maybe, I guess, Pitt and then Maryland both have, like, three athletic secondaries generally. Yeah. Um, so we should see kind of early, like, seem tested a little bit before they get into, like, the thralls of the Iowa, the Michigan, the Ohio State. So um, hopefully we can see. Tommy was a three-star, and Clifford was a four-star. Okay, but it wasn't like he's a five-star or a high-end four-star where he's he is the guy. Right. Real quick. So we both watched about five minutes worth of YouTube on mm-hmm. Sean Clifford, which is about all there is. I think he looks fine. I mean, in the in the one video clip that I watched of the spring gate, he made some nice passes into some tight quarters. Uh, I don't know if he has the deep ball arm that Trace had, but he looks like he had you know a pretty zippy arm accurate in the intermediate routes what i actually got about three sentences off of the five minute youtube video i'm a little bit proud he throws a nice deep ball obviously because that's all he threw in regular season games i have no idea how accurate he is actually and i actually think he's a little bit spazzy under pressure but whenever he spazzes out good things seem to happen okay there's my scouting report it's a little bit scary off of i think he was under pressure about once in the YouTube video I watched and he spazzed out a little bit and then got his shit together and then completed a bomb. So I don't really know what to take from it at all, but you know, just why don't we keep an eye on is Sean Clifford a little bit of a spaz? I like it spaz. My first Penn state quarterback, like as a college student was a spaz. Who's that? Um, Matt McLean. Yes. A little bit of a spaz. You're right. Okay. Spaz isn't the worst thing in the world. It's just what do you do after you spaz out? No, it's it can be endearing. And that was uh, Beaver Abroad's first ever QB breakdown. Obviously, we watched a ton of film. Yeah, this is what <laughs> you're coming here for. Moving on, Penn State dropping bags or NFL draft? We can we can do the bag drop real quick. Yeah. So, Penn State, they're they're bag droppers. Ongoing as we speak is the FBI's college basketball. What is it? Fraud case? Yeah, it's um, I don't know if it's fraud. I guess it's like it's basically exposing the underbelly of college basketball, of college hoops. Right. All the Adidas, Nike, Under Armour bagmen. Mm-hmm. But through the testimony of some of these bagmen, these runners, 
some college football little things have come to light, including that some of the heavy hitters, Penn State, Michigan, Auburn, Alabama, and even Northwestern, mm-hmm. have paid players between 100 and I think it was, what, $3,000 per week? <laughs> yeah. Or per month or something, which is hilarious that some guy was getting $100. It was probably some some five star who sucked. All right, like, buddy, you're you're riding the bench. You're you're, you're just we're, we're docking your pay. <laughs> that would be that would be pretty uh, hurtful. But on top of that, this thing is unbelievable. So it came to light that this Penn State bag man paid Aaron Maben, the All American from Penn State in 2012 ish, 2010 maybe maybe. I think, it was, I think 11 was the year in the story. Yeah. Okay. Paid him $10,000 to come back to school. He took the money and then came to his senses and decided to go pro and paid it back. How fucking stupid is this? This is simple math. You're going to convince a guy who's a first-round pick who's going to make hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, to stay for ten grand? Am I I the only one who thinks this is insanely stupid? No, it is insanely stupid. If anything, you should use the $10,000 on a Sharif Miller type. Like those guys. These guys who are going to be sixth, seventh, or undrafted, but can be solid contributors to your team. Give them $10,000. I agree. I agree, Holy. I think. Like, don't give. That would be like giving, maybe not as much, but that would be like giving Miles Sanders, who you know is going to be a late first, early second. He's going to get a nice fucking paycheck. $10,000. Oh, but there's a clear. There's a clear. This is what I was going to say. There's a clear decision here for the player though what they have to do do you know what that is what's that you take the 10k you spend it all before the draft when you don't have any money and then when you get paid you just pay it back it's like a free loan that is smart but yeah everyone's getting bags dropped to them and it's always way less money than you would expect in every aspect of life are you glad penn state is dropping bags though or at least was under paterno yeah, I mean, if, if everybody else is dropping bags, you got to drop bags to stay in competition. I could easily – this actually is no pun intended. But the bag dropping was 100% going on behind Paterno's back. Oh, oh yeah. He had no clue. No. On, on several things. And we'll just leave it at that. He had no clue uh, which direction he was facing in the morning. Now, how could Temple get involved in the bag dropping game? I mean, it's possible anywhere. You just got to get the right guy – the right boosters to make things happen. I I know some I know some shysty kids from Temple who would love to be bagmen. Bring some over yeah. to St. Joe's Prep. It's right down the road. What's that? A fifteen minute drive? Yeah. Drop some bags over there. Not even. Maybe drop some bags in North Philly. There, there's a lot of bags to be dropped within a a ten mile radius of Temple's campus. That's absolutely right. A lot of shysty guys that I'm sure are great bagmen. Yeah, I think I think. We should we should try to recruit a bag man for Temple. There's a lot of models, a lot of sporting goods stores where you, you where you can get a really good bag, really good athletic bag too. I feel like a Foreman Mills could be like a good place for a drop off. Ooh, yeah, Foreman Mills, maybe even a Wawa parking lot. There's some, you know, there's some shady stuff going on in there. Always. Okay, that's good. Um, all right, why don't we move on? Away from how Temple can start dropping bags to, uh, oh, their coach now is definitely not a bag man, though. Rod no. Carey from the Midwest? No. I think Manny Diaz would be a big bag dropping guy. Uh, yeah. In Miami, too. I, yeah, I feel but... like even if you do not want to become a bag dropper, like you're coaching in Miami, like that's just the culture there. You just have to throw $100 bills everywhere you go. Exactly. And that's why like, I'm upset that culture's not on North Broad. Anyway, let's move on to uh, our NFL draft preview. We're going to do it via a game. Tommy, this is all you. Yeah, so I came up with a little game. When I was walking home yesterday. I'm very proud of it. Uh, I thought about so, it on the walk. Wow. So Chris and I are going to play uh, draft golf. So the rules, it's going to be sort of similar to golf, obviously, Slightly different. Um, so what we're going to do is for each player from a local school um, or Penn State or Temple, and then I threw in like another one that was a little bit further away, but I, I felt like he deserved to be included. 
Uh, Chris and I will guess the round that that player will be drafted in or undrafted. If we get it exactly right, it doesn't count as a stroke. And then any number of rounds off of it. Uh, so, like, if your pick, if we pick second round and Miles Sanders goes in the third, we would both get plus one. What if he goes around early? What if he goes round one? Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. Okay. It's it's there's no there's no advantage like there's no advantage to being over or under. It's just being. It's as not close like Price is Right where you where if you go over you lose. Correct. Okay. Uh, there's one way though to deduct strokes, and that's by using your hole in one shot. Um, and what that is is you have to pick the exact football team that that player is going to get drafted to, but you only have three opportunities to do that. So for only three of the prospects, you can guess exactly. So uh, let's get started. Uh, we have 14. So- now, obviously, a bunch are going to get run right through. We have 14 guys, right? Yeah. So we'll start off two guys from Villanova, both linemen, Ethan Greenridge and Brandon Hitner. Undrafted grades, got to go undrafted for both, correct? Correct. Um, next, we have two Penn State linemen, Ryan Bates, who was a tackle at Penn State, who's your classic, yeah, uh, should not have come out, came out a bit early kind of guy. Uh, and then you have Connor McGovern, who's actually like a highly touted guard, not highly touted, but like, like a third, fourth round guard and, prospect. And he's an interior guy. He's a guard slash center guy. But he's like, yeah, like a true guard. Okay. Where Bates is like, he's too small to play tackle in the NFL, so he has to play guard. Ah, okay. All right. So uh, what's your grade for – what's your round for Bates? I'm going to go round six. Okay. I think he's going to fall a little bit. Okay. I'm going to go five. Okay. Connor McGovern. Con- ah, Connor McGovern, give me – Round three. Okay. I'm going to go four. Now, here's an intriguing one. Next right. up, Trace McSorley. Is he going in as a quarterback? Um, that, So, I actually was going to put quarterback question mark. I think he's going in as a quarterback. I think if that's the case. Is he going to go into baby it, land if a team drafts him and makes him play safety or receiver? No, I was going to say I think if – he has not discussed switching positions or trying something else like a Taysom Hill thing, then he will likely go undrafted. But if he's having those conversations in the background and we don't know about it, um, he could go in like the seventh. So for posterity, I'm going to go in the seventh. I'm going to pick Trace to go in the seventh as well, and I'm using one of my shots. If the team's going to draft <laughs> him, it's going to be the Patriots. Okay. Julian Edelman, former quarterback. Patriots like to think outside the box, and it seems to work. So, Trace in the seventh, a little flyer, a little headline grab for the Pats. I could say it. All right, the next one is Amani Aruare. It's a tough one. You want to give it a shot? Amani Aruare, I believe it is. I actually said that pretty well, pretty confidently, too. Yeah, that was good. You kind of have to rush through it. If you pause, you're done. It's like Giannis. Giannis, yeah. and I'm going to pause out, Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo. You run through it, Giannis Antetokounmpo, you're fine. I've also mastered Tua. It's Tua Tungavailoa. <laughs> so, Penn State corner, 21. Uh, physical corner, generally played against, what, what would you think, the number one receiver on other teams? Yeah. Long corner, not super fast, but just like more of like a bigger physical guy. I'm going to go round two. What's great about secondary guys at Penn State is that they only really face a fast team, honestly, once per year, and that's Ohio State. Right. So the second I, – I am always shocked when secondary guys fall at Penn State because they always look unbelievable. That's true. Like Marcus Allen is just locking down Pittsburgh's receivers. Very true, very true. I will go round two as well, and I will use one of my hole-in-one shots – Anawari is not fast, and he has long arms. That sounds like a Seattle Seahawks cornerback, if I've ever heard one. See, I'm going to use one of my shots, and I'm going to go the Jets. The Jets? What profile do they have? No profile. I just feel it in my bones. <laughs> Are you, like, breaking news here? No, I just feel like uh... – if, if he goes to the Jets, I'm going to be – just shocked. Actually, I'm going to switch my New York team. I think he goes to the Giants. I think the Giants like a lot of Penn State secondary guys. I, I at least have some rationale. 
Well, we'll see how far that takes you. I know. No, so your Giants one at least makes a little bit of sense. It's like, okay, they like Penn State secondary guys. The Jets one is just, I can feel it in my bones. Okay, next one. Maybe the best name in the draft. We'll talk about this later. Uh, Rock Yasin, corner from Temple. He's getting a lot of late, like, first-round buzz. Great up um, buzz, yeah. As potentially the first corner off the board because he's, like, a bigger physical corner who's also pretty skilled. Um, you know, you and I can't, we can't talk about corners, so we're no. not going to, we're not going to pretend that we understand quarterback play. No, literally flip a coin. I'm going to go one though. I'm going to go two, but he won't be past 40. Okay. I'm I gonna think there's going to be, now that you say it, it's surprising, but you're right that the first cornerback off the board won't be until 20 ish. So you got that DeAndre Baker, Greedy Williams, Rock Yasin kind of tier all right there between 20 and 40 and uh i'm also going to use one of my hole in one shots i'm going to say the seahawks take him with the first round pick they just got from the chiefs okay i don't hate it uh sharif miller defensive end from penn state See, here's a guy where you use the ten thousand dollars and tell him to come back right and i think i think he if he came back um him and gross matos might have been the best defensive line in the big 10 yeah at, at least on the edge yeah Man, I think he could have boosted his his stock, but I think he's still going to get picked. And I'm going to go round uh, five for Miller. I'm going to go round six because I'm bitter that he left early. He's the one I'm most bitter about leaving early. Okay. I I don't know. Is that fucked up of me to wish him to go later in the draft? I mean, it's your life, Chris. I'm not going to. Kevin Gibbons, another defensive tackle who should not have left, but whatever. He wasn't even that good to begin with. I'm going to go undrafted. So am I. He's not big. No. He was <laughs> He was completely forgettable. Though I do remember when he wasn't playing, they were having issues getting like pressure up the middle. But that's also because I think they are, like, were pretty bad at defensive tackle last year, Penn State. Yes. Okay, um, next we have Michael Dogbay. I have no idea who this is. So undersized defensive tackle. But, like, a really physical guy, toughness guy, like, team leader type guy. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go seven. Okay. Same here. Uh, next, we have Knox Adderley. Uh, one He's also a. getting some 29, 30, 31, 32 in some mock drafts. Yeah, I'm going to go a hard two on him. Okay. Um, talented safety. Uh didn't play a ton of top competition. I think the safety class is super good this year. Uh, I'll go round one. It'll be pretty cool to see a Delaware guy go round one. Be really big for the Abenizio family. Yes, huge. Uh, next, we have Wes Hills, slippery rock running back. I'm going to go undrafted. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't fucking slippery rock. That's a bunch of dudes from Judge went there to play football. So I, I don't see any of those guys getting drafted. <laughs> Next, we have Ryquell or Rock Armstead, big physical back from Temple, bruising. Um, Mel Kuyper's a big fan. He is. Uh, He talks about him all the time on that first draft podcast. He does. He does. Uh, I'm going to give Rock a fifth-round pick. Give me a fourth. I'm going to use my last uh, shot here, and I'm going to put the Eagles. Oh. I would not hate that at all. And our last one. That's one. Penn State. Somewhat star running back. Miles Sanders. Yeah, I mean, tough to live in the shadow of Saquon, but I think will be a very productive. He's shooting up draft boards. I remember he's after the season, of... he was like a third, fourth, fifth round guy. Now he's firmly two. Yeah, I agree. Firmly two. It's a hard two. I got to pick a team. I'm going to say that the Pittsburgh Steelers drafted okay and there it is our first annual what, what do you make of miles sanders real quick i think he's like a he doesn't have anything exceptional in the toolbox like he's pretty fast he's pretty quick pretty strong um but i think he's like smart patient hits holes well just finds himself picking up like seven to ten yards a run and i, I like those kind of guys i think they stick in the nfl Maybe I was just so spoiled by Saquon. Yeah, he didn't do well, anything yeah, I mean, unbelievable, but he wasn't bad at anything either. I would think if, if Saquon never existed, I would think a lot higher of him. He's like an Ajayi kind of back. 
I think he's just like a or like Duke Johnson or like I think he's like a a good version of Wendell Smallwood. Just is there, and then you look up and he has eighty six yards rushing. Okay. All right. That is uh, some of our draft preview. We'll be coming back with our mailbag, and we'll be answering a lot more draft-related questions that are very real, all after this break. And we're back. Beaver to Broad. Not Broad the Beaver. I almost got you last week, didn't I, Tommy? Uh, You did actually get me. I set up the email as broadtobeaver at gmail.com. But did you fix it? I did fix it. So now it is beaver2broad at gmail.com where you can send your mailbag questions. Uh, and every single mailbag question that was submitted there, at least for the first, I don't know, five years of this podcast, will probably get written on or read on the podcast oh, unless yeah. we pick up some serious team. Yes. That, that must be such a flex when you have so many mailbag questions, you don't, you don't have enough time to answer them. You get to curate the whole thing. Oh, my God. That's incredible. But let's start off with this one from Chris A. in D.C. Hey, guys. Love the first episode of the pod. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Uh, What position will Trace McSorley play in the NFL? What position should he play? And, Chris, didn't you predict this time last year that Trace would be a first-round pick? What the fuck is wrong with you? Wow. Um, Let's start with the first one. I think Trace... What do you think? He's going to get trotted out as a receiver? He's definitely not playing quarterback. I think he's just literally Taysom Hill. Just an all-everything guy? Yeah, but maybe he'll play like a little bit more slot receiver. Because he was, I don't know if he can play safety. He was all-state at Virginia. And on any turnover last year, Trace McSorley lit the carrier up. Lit the defensive guy up. That dude can tackle. So maybe like wide receiver and like standout special teamer. Okay. Like a Nate Ebner. Do you think he'll stick or do you think it's a one to two year thing and he's gone? Sadly, I think it's probably going to be that. And then you think, what do you think? He's back at Penn State getting involved with coaching? Coaching. He doesn't seem analysty, does he? I don't know. Maybe. P- Penn State quarterbacks, uh, I feel like they get a good l- little bit of analyst buds. Wasn't like Kerry Collins an analyst? And no, you got Blackledge. Todd Blackledge is he is the 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 lead color guy on the ABC B team. Love the ABC B team. Oh, Holly Rowe. It's a great crew. Sean McDonough, the former voice of Monday Night Football. Beautiful. That is the best JV team in all of sports broadcasting. That's for sure. Anyway, the second part of the question. Didn't you predict he would be a first round pick? This time last year, I did. And obviously that turned out to be stupid. But I stand by my rationale. Yeah, I agree. So last year, Baker Mayfield went number one overall. Trace is about the same size as him. Mm -hmm. And from sophomore to junior year, Trace took a huge leap. 66% completions. His yard per attempt went down. But, you know, he became more of a focal point of the offense than he did his sophomore year. Right. So I figured junior to senior year, He took a big leap in completion percentage, which is one of the bigger things with a small quarterback. If you're going to be small, you got to be super accurate. Yeah, absolutely. You can't be Josh Allen and six feet, five foot 11. No, absolutely not. So I thought Trace was going to tear up college football in the 2018 season. And I was wrong. He got a little bit dinged up. He wasn't as accurate, I think, as we thought he was. I I just think he, he, he probably peaked as a junior. And having two to three NFL guys around him helped that a ton. Yeah. Had he shown the growth, that, he's probably somewhere in between what he was junior year and senior but year, right? On top of that, a five foot 10 guy lit up college football and is going number one overall. True. So, this whole question is just me justifying it. If Trace had taken the leap he took from sophomore to junior year, from junior to senior, if he mm. was. Colt McCoy, if he was 71%, you know, 3,500 yards, 38 touchdowns, maybe he's right. not going first round, but he's getting drafted on either Thursday or Friday. Right. I was wrong in him regressing his senior year, which I thought was impossible, but he did. Okay. So, yes, I did predict he would be a first-round pick, and I was wrong. 
<laughs> Next Don't question. Feel bad. I, I, so did I, and so did like McShay. Didn't McShay say like he had some back in the first round buzz? Yeah, it was a thing and a big projection, but the the macro things weren't wrong. A five foot ten quarterback is going number one overall. Next question, Tommy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next question: Are we doing the question from our listener or the question from our? listener first oh yeah let me i'm sorry tommy yeah i'll read off this one (laughs) this one comes from tom s from new york city hey hey tom thanks for writing in if you were to bet your life on a temple or penn state player being good in the nfl from this that that is very poorly written thomas sorry being good who would it be i mean not sorry it's not me yeah if i did bet if i died if the guy I picked busted. So. I got I got one. I'm going to go Connor McGovern. You think he's I, absolutely going to be good? I think interior lineman from a Big Ten school who has like a high grade goes in like the third or fourth round. Like that's just a guy who's going to be like a whiz that's just going to be in the league for like 10 years and be fine. I want to go with Amani or Ruare. Okay. I think he could potentially get drafted by the wrong team. Like an, Eric, like an Eric Rowe with the Eagles. Mm-hmm. But I think eventually, a guy with his size, his coverage skills, even if he's slow, he's eventually going to end up on a worst-case scenario as the third or fourth guy on a zone team and yeah. be fine and be an, an NFL contributor. So I that's mine. Miles Sanders with running backs, you never know. They get hurt. They're out of the league. Linemen, like what – I don't know how strong he is. I don't know how he holds up. Not really watching the Penn State line play all year. So, mine's on a worry. All right. I'm trusting the Big Ten, and the Big Ten always produce interior linemen. That's not wrong. (laughs) Okay, final question from uh, Chris D. from Downingtown. Rocky Sin has one of the best names in the draft this year. Are there any other names that compete with his as – the best name of a prospect in the draft? Or is Rocky Sin the best name? Another run-on written question. But it's fine, guys. Um, well, Everything let's start off out. with Rocky Sin before we get to anyone else. Great name. About a 9.5 out of 10. On it top of that, to the position. He's a cornerback, so we can have rock hands. But also, if he lights someone up, you know, getting rocked. Yeah. I mean, like, for a physical corner, physical player of any capacity to be a nickname, Rock, incredible. But if he was a receiver with the name Rock, not as great. No. It almost feels better as a safety than a corner, though. Rock Yesen would be the perfect, I would say, safety or running back name. Pound the Rock. Could you hear the crowd going, like, Rock, yeah, sin. On On a third and one or something? Yeah, that would be yeah. awesome. All right. Oh, um, holy shit. Fourth so and I inches. Have, you have this 240-pound running back called Rock Yasin. Oh, man. I got 14 names for you, Chris. That 14? I pulled out. Yeah, you just got to tell me if you think if, if Rock Yasin is better or worse than all of these. Or if, okay, let's hear them. So we got Taylor Rapp, safety. Uh, no. Ed Oliver. No. Lil Jordan Humphrey. Pretty good. Why don't we uh here? I'll I'll write them down, whether they're in or out or maybe, and then we'll go back. Debo Samuel. No. Jazz Ferguson. Oh, that's a good one. That's a keeper for now. Uh, Kingsley Kiki. Uh, that's a really good one. Ben Bonagu. No. Wyatt Ray. Is he a slot receiver or a quarterback? The defensive end. No. Blake Cashman. I like it, but it's not better than Rock Yasin. Camp H A M P Cheevers. Camp Cheevers. That's a good one. Uh, safety Darnell Savage. Ooh, for a safety, yeah, I like that. That's a keeper for now. Uh, Ryquel Armstead. No. Or Rock Armstead. Juan Thornhill. No, what, what, a, a hill of thorns? Come on. And then Mook Reynolds. I, I like Mook Reynolds more as a baseball player. 
Okay. Wouldn't you say? So yes. So you have five nominees left to compete with Rocky Sin. I'm eliminating Lil Jordan Humphreys. You have four nominees. Yeah. Jazz Ferguson, Kingsley Jazz Kiki, Ferguson. Camp Cheevers, and Darnell Savage. Not Camp Cheevers. It's Hamp Cheevers. Oh, Hamp? Like H-A-M-P? Yes. Oh, he's out then. I thought his name was Camp Cheevers. He's out too. You got three. Yeah. Darnell Savage as a safety is pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, imagine just like if he's a really good safety for the Eagles and everyone just has Savage Eagles jerseys. Yeah. What do Jazz Ferguson and Kingsley Kiki play? So Jazz Ferguson is a undersized receiver from Northwestern State. Okay. I, I kind of like it as the receiver. He's jazzy, getting jazzed up. Yep, I like it. Or like, like a little slot receiver is like, ooh, jazz. Okay. Like, watch out, jazz is flying by. Uh, Kingsley Kiki is the defensive tackle. That makes sense. It sounds like someone from like Wakanda. I pictured a run-stuffing nose tackle with Kingsley that, Kiki. That's basically what he is. He has a huge neck. Oh, he's huge too. Is that better than Rock Yasin, though? No, I don't think so. See, the Angry. thing I like about Darnell Savage is that it sounds like a safety in a really bad sports movie as well, which I like. Yeah. I think I like Darnell Savage more. I just can't fall for the name. I guess I do like the name Darnell. Yeah. No, it's a good generic character. But here's the thing with Kingsley Kiki. One final selling point. If he makes a like, if he has a tackle for loss or a sack, I, I know where you're like, going. They could do like the Kiki. Yep. Do you love me? They I'll be out again. That, and that would be electric. Kiki, that that would be electric. And he could do the dance. Oh, I'm gonna go things with Kiki. So regardless, Rock Yesin does not have the best name in the draft. How about that? But he's very close. Top three. He is top three, but not the best. Anything else, or are we done? Yep. Oh, I have my uh, my little bit. Oh, yeah, that's right. You have a little bit here. So this will be my quick – this will be my parting shot. Okay. So <clears throat> everyone when they're growing up, like when you become like a teenager or in your early 20s, you like want to differentiate your, yourself from your parents or from like other people and you kind of – you try to like figure out and, and explore like who you are as a person and, and figure out new interests. And, you know, maybe you go down a path, like you lie to yourself. Like you say like, Oh, I like watching soccer games or, you know, whatever. Yes. But you always end up by the time you're like, so I'm, I'm going to be 25 in three weeks. Wow. And my, what? Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, and by the time, you like turn 25, you just have a realization like this is the person who I am. And a lot of it's forced by work because you just don't have the time of the day to pay attention to everything. So whatever you actually <laughs> like is so your, the, the, thought, the likes that you'll have for the rest of your life. Right. So I thought I was like becoming like through high school, through college, like more of a basketball guy. Like, oh, basketball is my favorite sport. Like, I can't miss any basketball games. But, like, the more and more that, you know, I get deep into the draft season and I think about how much I love college and how much I love pro football, I'm back to the the roots of the Stinson family. And, and I'm pronouncing myself as a football-first human being. Wow. Deep stuff. I mean, I'm definitely Penn State number one. The, you know what the tough thing about the NBA, and I'm coming to that realization now. Last year, I got depressed about it too. You invest so much time in it. Yeah. You know the Warriors are going to win the title. Yeah, whereas, that's part of it. I also think whereas, the... but football and football is more, uh, what should I say, random. There, there's way more moving parts going on at once. Right. College football is by far my favorite sport. It's so stupid. Yeah. The entire sport is built on arguments, perception, and takes. It's unbelievable. Right. The co literally, for, like, literally there is a committee, and they argue. And 
the end result of that argument is the college football playoff, the way they <laughs> determine their national champion. It's that great. is incredible. It's literally like the bar room come to life. Yes. It's it's crazy. And I think the other thing about basketball is, and, and I don't know if it's because, you know, we're working with Philly front office, which I guess we probably should have mentioned like hours ago. Yeah, we, we did this on the last pod too. <laughs> um, I just feel like people are so invested in basketball and like- You won't and, be able to find a niche there. No, and it's just like NBA, like Twitter, like, yeah, if that's your thing, like if you want to dive deep into comparing like Mike Scott and Mike Muscala and, and determining who is your favorite guy, like, and that's your thing, like, I'm glad for you, but like- I'm just not I, – I'm just – I'm at the point where, like, I'm never going to get that deep into the analysis of it. And yeah. I feel like football, I can talk more or on take, that level. Basketball is – basketball is getting dangerously close to baseball, where you can't even argue. Right. There's I agree. too much stats, and you can't even argue. Do you remember baseball arguments when we were younger? They were great. Yeah. Now it's just – you. Literally, there are so many stats – you can't even argue. It, well, it's that I also fun. Feel like, and I feel like the baseball community, like, it's so ingrained in stats that, you know, I mean, they just there's a lot of things that are said in the baseball community that I find just, like, vehemently false. Yeah, but it's so ingrained. And basketball is getting that way where it's not even fun to argue. So, yes, that's why I'm team football. We're team football here on uh, Beaver to Broad. And uh, we wish you a nice week and a happy draft. Um, we'll probably be back next week or two weeks from now. After the draft, we get into big time off season. Yeah, well, we can talk about we, – we can recap the draft golf. We can talk about um, whether we think the guys that we know will look cool in those jerseys. We can do a little bit of a yeah. draft recap. Off season gets very macro, and I am here for it. Let's do it. I uh, still haven't found a song to play the pod off with, so pod over.